Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Hey, what's up? It's Corey Parson, the fantasy executive here for NBC Sports Edge. Special edition of the Good Football Show. Myself, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, John Daigle and Thor Nystrom. Getting ready to talk some NFL draft prop bets. Obviously, the good people at PointsBet put their props bet out earlier this week. So I want to go through some of them with my guys and see what we can find you and Edge for the upcoming draft. Thor, let me start with you. Really, this year, we had a different type of college football season but still we were able to get to the end we crowned the champion and listen now we have a full a full roster of prospects getting ready to enter into the nfl yeah, we do. Yeah, it's, it's and it's definitely a different kind of a draft process. You know, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit here, but there's a lot of things that are sort of open for interpretation and fluid right now, which I think makes sense in sort of a scenario where uh, the most important uh, thing that prospects give to their future employer during this this job process is their last season of tape. And never before have we had a, a draft class where there has been less tape from players' final seasons than we do this year. I think that's in part contributing to why everything is so fluid, because when you have less tape, you have to do more projection, uh, which which is going to the, the manifestation of that is you're going to have different, more different boards, I, I think less homogenous boards than you do in the past. And I think that's why we have some of the, these discrepancies uh, on different players, different prospects. I and John, when you look at the situation coming from the NFL standpoint, obviously, you know, a lot of, you know, from the NFL and from fantasy football uh, managers perspectives, we want to see the big top talent, the top tier guys, the playmakers, the guys can go out there on Sunday and rack up fantasy points whether it's Dynasty or the redraft leagues, everybody loves those rookies, those young players. How do you feel about this class is coming in this year? There are a lot of players to adjust for. Like Thor said, it's been a wild college year, and thus the more work you do, the more reading, listening, and watching you do, the more information you'll have on hand. And it seems crazy to say, People are going to uh, think this is a wild statement, but I think that a lot of people who have been doing the work uh, just in the past three months are probably more informed than some NFL GMs. And I know that seems crazy, but that's how different this year is. And so we're going to talk about a lot of it today. I'm excited to be doing the show with you boys because I think a lot of betting content kind of gets lost in the wayside. Uh, people see just plus numbers and they just spit them out. Whereas I can tell you on this show, especially for myself, um, 
will have skin in the game. Like the numbers, the the waiters we're talking about here, I've actually put my own money into it. And so uh, I'm excited to share them with the people because I think all the information we share today will be actionable. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. No doubt. Here's the thing that I like that you say that because having skin in the game is very important because mm-hmm. anybody can come up here and sit on the stream and tell you this, that, and the third, but unless you're putting really your own personal earnings down on it, what are you really saying? And I'm interested also, you mentioned about, you know, you feel as if people that's been studying this are just as forms as GMs have been. I want to get to that because I think that's going to be interesting, especially in this first segment we got coming up here. We're going to talk about some player draft positions. We're going to talk about some of your first players to go off the board at these different positions, some over-under on prop bets of where these players could go as you look at the draft board. But I want to start where we should always start with when you're talking about football, Thor, and that is the quarterback position. Obviously, since he made that, since he had the victory over Alabama, Trevor Lawrence has been called the greatest quarterback talent, the greatest quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, you go one of those two guys, and we see him, obviously, Urban Meyer, all of a sudden gets healthy, and he's ready to come back and coach the Jacksonville Jaguars. That would not be the case if Lawrence was not there. The New York Jets, who were seem to be in on Justin Fields for most of the season, it looks like they are all in now on Zach Wilson. And then, Thor, that's where we get to the first piece of controversy in this draft, and that is who goes with the third pick. It's going to be the quarterback. So the San Francisco 49ers move up to draft a quarterback. I am under the likeness that that quarterback is going to be Mac Jones, Right now on points bet, Mac Jones is minus 228, the favorite to be the third pick of the draft. You also got Justin Fields in the mix, possibly Trey Lance. What do you think happens with that third pick of the draft? I've said before, you know, after San Francisco made the trade and and the rumors initially started about Mac Jones, that I will believe that Mac Jones is the third pick when Roger Goodell states Mac Jones out of the out of the card. But with with the way that the tea leaves have gone, the wind is blowing here. It, um, it it's almost becoming a fool's errand to uh, mock someone else into that slot. I mean, like Adam Schefter reported last week, Mac Jones will be the pick. Uh, Peter King on Monday wrote in his column that, you know, even though San Francisco, he said that they haven't made up their mind, but he said if he had to guess, it, it's going to be Mac Jones. We see more and more, uh, another one, Mel Kuyper, uh, I think his his mock dra- uh, new mock draft either dropped yesterday or today. He had Mac Jones in, in that third slot as well. Uh, you know, like, and and the other thing with it is, like, just reading market indicators, the odds for Mac Jones at the third pick, of course, they they just absolutely spiked after that trade. You know, with 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 the 49ers before he was a prohibitive underdog to go in the top three. But the the interesting thing about it is, like, after that smoke, he got that initial push up in price. It's only creeped up 
right? Like you, you cited the 225 number that's on points bet. I actually got a text right before we jumped on here that at a different book, it's now pushed over minus 300. Um, and so, you know, all the market indicators we're getting are pushing that way. But I, I do think it's important as well to tell people, you know, because because you might think like, oh, th this is close to a lock. And, you know, I only have to give a little over two, you know, two to one to, to, to invest in Jones at that spot. Um, th the caveat you have to put there is, from credible reporters as well, San Francisco has not made up their mind. Number one, they went to Mac Jones's uh, pro day first, you know, which got a lot of ink, of course, but they will now go to Justin Fields's, I believe this week. And I believe that th his second, you know, pro day throwing session, whatever. And they're, they're also going to go to Trey Lance's next week. Um, if, if there was one underdog here that, that, that I was going to put my money on, I would go with Lance at, at plus 400. I, I think if there's one guy to jump him, it makes sense that it would be Lance. Um, and, and, and you're also getting the odds there. I, I think Fields was, was plus 175. I, I'm not sure in that slot, just because we haven't heard any, I would take Justin Fields in that slot, but we haven't heard anything, you know, linking the, the two parties. Perhaps we will after, after they go to Fields' throwing session. But for right now, um, for me, it would either be pass or or Trey Lance getting the the plus four hundred. But again, the, the the way that the wind is blowing, it does look like Mac Jones in that slot right now. You know, it's interesting, and a lot of people have been I've been saying it. I think that Jones is a better quarterback than Tua. I said that when Tua was there, when he got after he got injured, I think that Jones is the third best quarterback in this draft. Now, John, San Francisco trades they come up. I'll be honest, when San Francisco made the trade, I thought it was Fields. What do you think it's going to be? Is it Mac Jones or is it Justin Fields? Or do you think it's Trey Lance? My evaluation of quarterbacks in the draft, the NFL's evaluation of quarterbacks in the draft, the fact is we've all been completely wrong. Uh, and that's what's interesting about the Mac Jones pending selection at number three overall is that the only thing that continues getting in people's way is their own ego. It's thinking that, oh, this guy sucks, so he can't go number three. All you have to do is remove your own opinion and just follow the news that we have on hand right now. And literally everything tells you he's going to be the number three pick. So my opinion of Mac Jones does not matter at all. Uh, I see a, a team that needed a rookie quarterback, and they know the guy they wanted, whomever that may be, even though it sounds like Mac Jones was not going to be there whenever they were supposed to initially a pick. So they traded a bundle of picks. And I understand this is two first-round picks plus more, very high draft capital. But even that, I just call it a bundle of picks because I don't think the draft capital matters if they were not going to get the guy they wanted. And thus, they went up to get the guy they wanted. I personally think, again, Fields is the best selection there, but my opinion doesn't matter whatsoever. It's just about getting the guy they want, and everything sounds like it's going to be Jones, and that's who I believe it will be. Uh, to Thor's point, though, Trey Lance going in the top four is interesting because if you move beyond the 49ers pick, the Falcons haven't even been linked to Justin Fields. It's been whittled down pretty much uh, by consensus and mock drafts to either Trey Lance or Kyle Pitts. Justin Fields hasn't been linked to the Falcons at all. Of course, they could trade out. Someone could jump up for Fields, uh, and that would ruin it altogether. But I do think Lance is interesting for, at plus money, if only because he could fall at number four over Fields easily. So what I'll say is this, right? And I'm glad you brought that up, and I want to hop in right here. The bet right now on points bet. The number we're looking at is four and a half. The Atlanta Falcons have the fourth pick, though. Over, under, four and a half for Justin Fields. Me, myself, personally, I think the pick is Lance, so I would take the over. I agree with you. I, I think you have to go over at that number right now. Again, just 
echoing what everyone has said here that with the San Francisco pick at one, three, it would be silly at this point to not put Mac Jones in there. Something may change, but that's where we're at right now. And, you know, as far as Atlanta goes, I, I, I agree with your interpretation of, of that as well. I, for me, I, I think it's, you either go with the immediate need in pits um, you trade down potentially, or um, it seems like the other option in play there is, and it actually makes a lot of sense. You, you have Matt Ryan, um, who's obviously going to be the starter, at least for next season. Trey Lance, if we know one thing about him, or if we know two things about him, it's that his ceiling is probably surpassing this class by only uh, Trevor Lawrence. But the other thing is, is he needs an, another redshirt season. He only played the the one starting season in the FCS, you know, 16, 17, 18 FCS starts, something like that. Historically inexperienced uh, top 10 prospect or top 15 or however much you want to do delineate there. Historically, historically inexperienced. So it, it would make a lot of sense for that spot. Um, and, and I haven't heard any, uh, you know, smoke with Justin Fields to Atlanta either. Doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Um, with Lance, uh, John, I'm really looking at right now on Lance's six and a half. Is that something that you have in pocket? Is that something that you're eyeing? That specific number with Trey Lance right there, the North Dakota State quarterback? Or is that something you're off of altogether? Like, that's a no bet for you. I think minus 115 isn't favorable for betters. Uh, if you go, whether you go under or over, it goes both ways. And so it's a bet I'll be staying away from. Um, but yeah, if the juice slips for some reason, you can get even or plus money at under six and a half for Trey Lance. That's when I would become interested. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Now, let's get ready to talk about some of these other positions, get off the quarterbacks for a little bit. And here's the thing with Kyle Pitts, right? When I first saw Kyle Pitts playing, I'm like, he caught a pass, he's running down the field, and my initial reaction was, yo, who's that? Like, I was like, yo, who's that? Because he looks like he's real good. He looks like the best player on the field, though. Right now, his prop is five and a half. So he's kind of in that range right there with the Falcons, you got, you got the Falcons in that range. You got the Bengals in that range. You got the Miami Dolphins in that range. So we're looking at a tight end who people say is a game-changer type tight end, a generational type tight end. Here's my problem. The last time I heard somebody was a generational tight end, his name was O.J. Howard. And if you play fantasy football, you know that O.J. Howard has spent more times on the waiver wire than in your starting lineup. So are we right about Pitts? Is Pitts really the generational tight end talent? I, I think we are. And this is coming from a guy who said that T.J. Hawkinson was a generational inline tight end prospect. Okay. I, Kyle Pitts is the generational, you know, wide receiver, tight end hybrid uh, kind of a dude. I don't think he's going to miss. I also don't think he's going to he, he definitely not slipping out of the top 10. I don't really see him slipping beyond six either. I, I think right now where the Dolphins sit in that six slot, I, I think that is his floor. And I think that's a part of the reason why Miami moved up. You know, it's him and one or two other guys in that really small bucket. But, um, you know, it, just as far as where the number was set, it's very clever because of where Miami is sitting. You're going to get two bites at the apple here if you want to go uh, under uh, on the draft slot at five and a half which is, of course, Atlanta at four, and then Cincinnati at five. Uh, Cincinnati, I, I would assume, is is leaning Penny Sewell. And then, of course, you have Jamar Chase in there as well. Atlanta staying put is is what, you know, the, where, you know, where Pitts would, where you'd win this bet, I think. Um, one thing, though, is this is an offshoot and a manifestation of the Mac Jones thing. Um, with, with it seeming more and more likely that Mac Jones is going to go at three, 
it's not just that we potentially that, you know, John and I or all of us, you know, everyone that we might disagree with San Francisco. I think there's also teams in the NFL that would disagree with San Francisco, you know, if they went through with that. And I think if that happens, if Atlanta has not traded that pick beforehand, I think it would increase the odds that Atlanta trades it right after Mac Jones is taken, because in that scenario, you have, of course, Fields and Lance both on the board. Right. And certainly there's going to be teams that have fallen head over heels in love for at least one of them. Um, And so I I think that's, you know, where that scenario would go up a little bit as the board sits right now. I would like the under, but for me, it's just very, very soft because of the trade possibilities um, that are here. The the fourth slot is, is, is the important one here. And again, if Mac Jones goes three, I think that increases the the value of the fourth slot even more. Yeah, the fourth slot, John, definitely seems like it's going to be where the draft tends to come together at. I mean, really, really start to get into it. You got two players right now on points, bet. that's Penny Sewell and Kyle Pitts sitting at five and a half on their number. Personally, I think that Cincinnati Bengals are going with the, are going with the left tackle, the best offensive lineman in this draft class. Obviously, we just saw Justin, I mean, Joe, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, taking off the field on the stretch to the end his season last year. So why not protect your quarterback? I understand how you feel about Chase and Pitts, but they got T. Higgins. They got players. You got to protect your investment, correct? Now, with that being said, your thoughts on Kyle Pitts and that total at five and a half. Kyle Pitts, like Thor said, I love the euphemism you used, actually. You get two bites of the apple because you get the Falcons who, if they stay put, he should be Pitts, the betting favorite. Uh, If they stay put, I cannot believe it would be for a quarterback. That would mean that Arthur Smith won over the GM, the GM, of course, who has mentioned he wants to have uh, draft a new quarterback for the future. But that could have also been them dangling the carrot audibly and openly for someone to potentially jump up and give them a blockbuster package for that number four pick. So I do think we'll see pits there. And if that is the if that isn't the case either way, then yes, uh, number five is another potential option. Whereas you get one chance at Suell, and as much as I like the player, it's number five, and then that door closes. Uh, even though he probably would go at number six, so. Pitts makes sense. Seawold doesn't make too much sense. It is juice for me. Also, most recently, we have seen both Daniel Jeremiah and Peter Schrager, mock drafts we respect throughout the industry, have Rashawn Slater as the first O-lineman drafted. Interesting. Yeah, and that doesn't mean it could be correct, but that tells me that they both heard from a little birdie and they respect that little birdie enough to have Slater over Sewell. And if that is the case, I will say Slater right now is the first O-lineman drafted is plus 350. Um, that's actually one of my favorite bets for the entire weekend right now. That's interesting. At, that, at those plus odds right there, especially with that information. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. 
If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. Those names that you trust. I want to hop back in. I want to talk about LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase Thor. And he is slated to be the first wide receiver taken in this draft. I believe the number someplace is something crazy now. Maybe at even minus 700 for Jamar Chase to be the first wide receiver drafted. Now, I remember specifically spending all of last summer talking about how Jerry Judy was this generational wide receiver that we've never going to see, that we've never seen before. And then Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver picked in the draft. Now, I, two months ago, all I could hear about was the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. Now, Chase and Joe Burrow were excellent in 2019. How do you break these two players down, Jamal Chase and Mr. Devontae, Devontae Smith? I, I love the point that you made where last year it was, you know, the, the order of, of the analysts sort of heading into the draft. I mean, all the way up to the draft, it was Judy Lamb Ruggs. And then the night of Thursday night, the last Thursday in April, the thing got inverted on us at, at the last second. And in a very similar way, uh, this year we have three sort of tier one receivers, two of whom happen to be Alabama receivers, just like like last season. Um, and I, th there is certainly a chance that there is a similar type inversion. I, I happen to think that uh, there's a little bit more distance in, in the top three here than there, there was last season. Some people would disagree with that, though, for sure. Um, so, so, you know, you do have to concede for that. Um, I do think Jamar Chase is going to be the first receiver. Those are, you know, just similarly to Mac Jones, those are odds that keep getting pushed up, 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 yeah, up, up, you know, when, when you look at that. Um, and, and where the smoke is going with that, it makes total sense. So, you know, as, as far as that, I would stay away from that bet just because I, I'm not betting on Smith or Waddle to be the first receiver. And as far as Jamar Chase, the odds at this point have become prohibitive. I, I don't know who's going to lock up you know, you know, getting, or I mean, laying five to one, six to one on Jamar Chase. If you, if you have to put that much of your bankroll in, in early, there are other, I, I think John would, would agree with me here. There are other opportunities on the board uh, to put your money on th this far in advance, as opposed to laying odds like that. Yeah. I listen, I'm, I'm not opposed to laying a big number on the draft, but I like, I don't want to do it either. Mm -hmm. Last year it was different because, you know, it was COVID and it was no games and, where everybody had a little itch, and it was heavy betting on the NFL draft. This year, we still got nightly action going on, so you don't want to, you know, fool around with your bankroll too much. But I'm not, a, like I said, I'm not opposed to it. Like, I'll lay the two-something with Mac Jones. I'll lay the two-dollar with Mac Jones. I feel pretty confident about that. Jamar Chase right now, John, six and a half over under. And I'm looking at the teams right there. I see the Bengals taking the old lineman. I see the Dolphins taking pits. I'm taking the over on Chase. I agree. And to get it at plus money is fantastic. Uh, Jamar Chase is where the wide receiver run starts. The issue is that we aren't sure where that receiver run starts. And by m the most recent mocks, it seems like they are going later and later in this draft. Um, it helps that Chase is in a tier of his own. Like this class is fun, but it's not nearly as impactful. It doesn't have the hosses like last year's class that are just all around super talents. I'm actually worried about this class because a lot of them have singular strengths. And like we saw with Henry Ruggs, uh, NFL coaches are not good with singular strengths. They have no idea how to use guys. Um, they pigeonhole Henry Ruggs as a nine route runner instead of using him like he was used in college underneath and just letting him explode yards after the catch. 
And so um, while I like a bunch of the guys, I think they're great for fantasy. Uh, I think they're going to fall significantly and they could go in chop directions. The dominoes could fall in so many different ways, pending on subjective outlooks by GMs. But yes, Chase is the number one receiver in a tier of his own. It's very clear, but it could honestly be at 11 to the Giants or after. Um, there is no guarantee it happens in the top 10. You know, get into some running back talk in a, in a minute. And I, I do want to come back right quick, John, because you, you mentioned something interesting, I think, when you talked about the, the the draft class that we just saw this past year. And obviously, you know, T. Higgins and and our Chase Claypool and C.D. Lamb. And we saw a very solid, you know, good production from this wide receiver class. Do you think we see five wide receivers in the first round this season? I think there's a legitimate chance. Uh, I think we are locked into two or three already. But either way, there are five or six, even your uh, Elijah Moore, Kadarius, Tonys, Moores, that, and Batemans, that continue being at least sprinkled in mock drafts towards the end of the first round. So there's no guarantee, but the fact that so many are being talked about uh, gives us an opportunity. If you told me to pick one, I would lean over because I think enough will make noise and we'll see running backs and perhaps defensive players push down quite a bit, which leads to more wide receivers entering the late first round. Yeah. What's your opinion on that, uh, Thor? Because I think it's so many of them, and I think how well they the rookie wide receiver performed last year, I think a lot of teams are going to be like, okay, well, you know what, let's go ahead and get us one. Yeah, the, the, if if the number was you know four and a half, that's that's a really tough number for me. I I do think there's going to be four for sure. I mean, obviously you have the the top three are absolutely going there, mm-hmm. um, and then you know w- whether it's it's Bateman or Tony or you know th- there's going to be the fourth. Getting to the fifth is where it gets interesting. And John tossed toss out the names, um, you know, where there's some some ancillary guys even outside of the two that I just mentioned that have certainly have a shot. Uh, Elijah Moore uh, being a really good example, but you know, getting up there, that's where it gets hard for me. I, I'm not sure. I mean, for me, if I'm looking at the board, I think there's bets I'm going to find that I like more as opposed to an over under on receivers in the first round, just because it's so fluid. And and, and I like the way that John put it. It, it becomes sort of that crapshoot there at the end of the first round. Is one or two of these teams, you know, w- once we get past you know the 20 slot, are we going to see two of those teams sprinkle in a wide receiver? For me, that's just too fluid to, to feel like I have actionable intel on that and and lock down a bet. Yeah, I think the number sitting right now on points bet is, is, is sitting at four and a half. My computer's frozen, so I can't pull the juice up on that bet right now. But I do think that the over on that one is something that should cash. And I think that we do have five, at least five solid. And you mentioned Tony possibly being the sixth one. So I think that that is a over bet right there. Four and a half wide receivers selected in the first round of the 2021 uh, draft. All right, quick, let's touch on Devontae Smith. Uh, Thor is sitting 11 and a half for Devontae Smith. 11 and a half right now. The 11th pick of the draft goes to the New York Giants, who I am not a fan of. <laughs> Dallas, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. So. Yeah, me, me yeah. either. And I, I don't think the Dagle is either. Not not to alienate, you know, our, one of our biggest media markets. Uh, Madison is a day giveaway. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it is. It, it truly is. Um, for, for this one, th- this is actually one of my my favorite ones that we've discussed on this show. Um, for me, this is a hard over on, on Devonta Smith. Ooh. He does have a couple shots at it. Uh, I, I think the, the earliest he can go, that I think it's Carolina at eight. I, I just don't see how he gets above that but even then I, I 
for for me, that's really precarious. I, I I certainly would not put my money on on then them taking him. And then you start to look at the next slots, Denver. They don't need a receiver. You know, you got quarterback, offensive line needs there, et cetera. Um, Dallas most certainly doesn't. Dallas is is the team when when you're like defenders are going to start to go off the board now. Dallas, you circle it big. You know, it might be a spot above that, but that's they're going defense uh, and most likely secondary quarterback. Um, and then 11, the Giants just signed Kenny Galladay to big money to put next to their other three pass catchers. They most certainly don't need a receiver. I, I think when we start to talk about like a couple of the guys that we've seen as, as top 10 you know, locks or quasi locks or whatever slip. It's in a scenario like this. If if Smith gets past Carolina, um, then I, I think that there's a really good shot that he's falling to 12 or or beyond there because that alley of three picks ab- above that slot uh, does not look good for him. So so he's got to be sitting dead right on on the Panthers. And we just talked about how we thought maybe Chase would drop just a slot or two below. Um, Jamar Chase's floor would seem to be Carolina. So if, I mean, if, if Jamar Chase gets there, De- uh, Devontae Smith certainly is not getting taken at eight. If he's not getting taken at eight, he's not getting taken before 12, in my opinion. So I, I like the over on, on that one. Yeah, uh, John, 11 and a half is the, is the number we're looking at. Um, 11 and a half is the number we're looking at for Devontae Smith. I think Thor broke that down uh, very good just now. Would you agree with that? 11 and a half is a terrific over. Yeah. Uh, he has one chance, Smith, in the top 11, and that's the Giants. And I've seen him link there. That is such a bad – that's such bad analysis to think he's going to land with the Giants, though. Yeah. Um, not only the Galladay signing like Thor mentioned, but also you look at Dave Gettleman's history. Just Google it and then con- control F in one article, and the word hog mollies comes <laughs> five or six times. Yeah. Like Devontae Smith <laughs> – as, as great of a route runner elite he is, like Dave Gettleman looks over, sees a 170-pound guy and says, there's no way. Like, he's yeah. just not going to make it. And so it's not the archetype that the Giants are ever going to draft. So, no, in my opinion, um, he is 23 or above. So, yeah, it's definitely over for me. And this is a this is a franchise that just traded the best offensive player in their history in Odell Beckham a couple of years ago when Gettleman got to town. So why would they be going back down that road right now? They did make a good uh, selection with Galladay. All right, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, John Daigle, and Thor Nystrom, a special edition of a good football show, breaking down NFL draft props. Now let's get into one of everybody's favorite, especially in the world of fantasy, John, and that is the running back position. We all know fantasy football running backs, uh, rookie running backs are a big thing. They can go as high as the first round in many drafts. We've seen them be very successful years in the past. Guys like Ezekiel Elliott, just to name a few, and so on and so forth, Saquon Barkley. Let's talk about this year's class, and it starts with Mr. Najee Harris, running back from the University of Alabama. He is the favorite to be the first running back drafted at minus 150. And then we got an absolute home run hitter from Clemson, Travis Etienne at plus 175. 78 career touchdowns for Etienne, and then comes North Carolina Tar Heel, Javante Williams at plus 400, 32 touchdowns for the Tar Heel running back in his college career. John, what do you say about this one right here? Who do you see being the top running back selected in the 2021 NFL draft? So this is going to be my third favorite bet of the entire draft weekend. I already said Rashawn Slater first O-line at plus 350. We just talked about Devontae Smith over 11 and a half and minus 105. Uh, you, you sh- those are great odds already. It should only be so much higher than that. And then I don't know if it happens, but I think the juice is good enough at total running backs plus 170 under one. So under a half 
is good enough for me to take. Uh, it's going to be Najee Harris will obviously be the first back. You get two chances really here to avoid it. Uh, Miami with their second pick and number 18. And then the Steelers who reportedly had everyone from their Cowboys to the GM um, at a Zoom conference talking to Harris at his pro day. They seem more than prepared to draft him, especially since they let James Conner walk and didn't add another running back behind Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane. Having said that, this is the position that would drop. I can't imagine anyone, even the Bills, for instance, who would never draft a Harris. Uh, They got that in Zach Moss last year. They don't need the bruising type with good hands. They need an elite pass catcher like Etienne. But I can't imagine them taking him that early in the first round. So I think you get one chance. All you got to do is avoid Harris here, and you're good to go for the first round. But yes, Harris helped himself out by not running the 40 because his speed never would have mattered. It would have been bad, but it doesn't matter because he's still the NFL prototype who is viewed and envisioned as a three-down option, and that's not going to change. You just got to avoid the first round with that bet. So, John, let me ask you, let me double down on this. You're saying no running back selected in the first round. Correct. Again, it could happen because Harris is the one we're looking at here, but I think the odds are good enough to where I'm willing to take that risk because I think only Harris has a chance to be drafted in the first round. All right, so I ask you the same, basically the same two questions. Is Harris the first running back drafted? Is he a first round draft pick? Once again, hawking back to last year, DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift, and then boom, uh, Clyde the Glide. And Thor, Thor, don't do the typical show thing where everyone just nods their head and agrees with the other people. Like, please disagree and uh, explain why if you don't think so. Oh, you got it. Um, on this one, I think I would stay away from the 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 lines as delineated in the first uh, running back selected. A, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with Hayden on, on this very show, and I told people that one of my favorite bets at that time was Javante Williams plus. It was either plus six or seven hundred. Um, now it's obviously down to plus four hundred for him being the, the top back. Th- that's become more in line with you know fair. You know, just in terms of looking at, at the market. You know, under the the same auspices of the idea I was talking before with. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, jumped up. We, we were talking about wide receivers. This running back class to me is is the same level of fluidity as last year's uh, wide receivers. So so that's why I, I would, you know, potentially jump the, the guy who I think is probably closer in reality. And I'm talking about Javante Williams to Harris and ETN as far as where, where the NFL sees it than perhaps we do right now. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah uh, a couple of weeks ago came out and said that, you know, Javante Williams is moving closer to RB1. If, if, if there was one that I was going to do that that would be what what i would do however um as far as this goes with Najee harris i have a better idea for people than than laying the the minus 150 here on points bet Najee harris his over under draft slot is 29 and a half on a different website uh that you could find his over under is 32 and a half this presents a fabulous middle opportunity for, for Najee harris Going back to the two bites of an apple thing, you get two juicy ones here. You get the Bills and you get the Bucks. If if you bet both of those, if he goes in either one of those slots, you got a bonanza. You just hit a middle. Um, if not, You're saying over the twenty nine and then under the thirty two. Exactly, and and try to middle that thing. And and if you lose, you know you'll lose one of them. You're just going to lose the juice. But I think that's where the real opportunity is here, because again, in that middle, you have two prime teams that you know when we talk about Najee Harris potentially going in the first round, if he does, it would it would likely be the odds would be that it would be you know in one of those last few slots of the first round. This middle opportunity gives you all of them on both of the bets. That's what I would bet if I was going to do a Najee Harris bet. Interesting. John, let me come back to you and ask you this. Is this the is this is this, this thing with these running backs not getting picked in the first round? 
the nature of the position is obviously very critical to that, number one. Number two, that fifth-year team option seems like it presents a problem when you're looking at uh, – Todd Gurley is 27 years old. You feel what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Is that is that a big problem with, with taking these backs in the first round? I mean, even Wayne Gallman with the Giants scored five weeks in a row last year, uh, filling in for Saquon Barkley, and he's still on the streets. It's a it's a bad market right now for running back. Gio Bernard got picked up over a lot of competent options, immediately getting cut just because he can do one thing very well at the league level. Uh, that's my concern with this entire class is that a lot of them are underwhelming. That's why Javante Williams is being talked about as the potential number one option because we know he can break tackles. Uh, Mike Renner, who put out a terrific draft guy, noted at PFF that Williams broke tackles at a PFF college record, um, just an elite guy, but also checked in in his pro day, underweight and slow. And so it's concerning. Whereas ETN, we don't know about his explosiveness, but we do know he can catch the ball really well. So that's the issue with this class. That's why Harris, uh, who does everything well, um, he doesn't have breakaway speed. He proved that. I think it was 15 career runs of 25 yards or more, um, which is disastrous considering how much he received the ball and typically how many guys he was running over. But yeah, that's why Harris, that's it for me and the rest of the class is question mark. It's going to depend entirely on destination and when they're being valued at. No doubt about it. So there you go right there. Good stuff for my guys, John Daigle and Thor Nystrom. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, thank you for letting me sit in and drive the ship on this edition of the, a good football show for John and Thor, fantasy executive. Good luck on draft day, everybody. We are out. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what grandma would want. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time.